This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Thanks for joining us. Despite Kathleen Wynne's historically low approval rating, it seems the premier might have a fighting chance at winning next year's provincial election. A new Main Street Post media poll finds more Ontarians are undecided about who they would vote for if a provincial election were held today. So it's not exactly that they're supporting the governing Liberals and Kathleen Wynne, but more voters are not supporting PC leader Patrick Brown or Andrea Horvath's New Democrats either. Are you undecided? Do you know for certain who you will vote for on June 7th of 2018? Are you a decided or undecided voter? Give us a call, 416-360-0740, Main Street Research President and CEO Keto Maggie is on the line with us now to discuss the poll results. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jane. What's the dynamic that's going on here, Keto? Well, I... It's, it's really interesting. There's good news, bad news in these numbers for all the parties. Um, the good news for the Liberals is that Undecided is up uh, 8%. Uh, their support is actually down 2 overall, uh, but largely the, the Undecided is at the expense of the NDP. And so we're seeing now a 10-point lead for the PCs at 40% over the Liberals at 30% with the NDP at 24 um, you know, that's that's down slightly from uh, from a month ago, the, the lead for the PCs. Um, the, the NDP is down a little bit, but that undecided being up means there's there's a greater openness to the liberals. The, the in the drill down the in the 905 belt around Toronto, um, the undecided is not down. And, and the, that's a, that's a very important because. That those are votes that Kathleen Wynne and the Ontario Liberals need uh, very badly. Um, a couple of months ago, we, we did a drill down into the Toronto support. We see that the Liberal support in the 416 is down slightly. We know that the core of that support is in that in, in the downtown core, those 10 ridings that in, in beaches in uh, in Scarborough, in Etobicoke, and in North York. It's much, It's a very different picture than in the downtown core. So Still good news for for Patrick Brown, uh, potential opening for Kathleen Wynne. And when we ask people about the, the, the different parties' hydro plan uh, and which one they support, um, they it's actually a three-way tie of uh, three points, uh, all within the margin of error uh, between the, the Liberals and Kathleen Wynne, uh, the PCs and Patrick Brown, and the NDP and with Andrea Horvath. So that's good news for the NDP. Um, there's more undecided voters. That probably means they're, you know, good news both for the Liberals and the NDP. Uh, although it looks like some people have moved away from uh, from the NDP slightly into the undecided category at this point. I'm getting the sense from this poll that more Ontario voters 
like that Premier Wynne has announced a 25 percent total cut to hydro bills by summer, even though they feel it also may be a bit of a political stunt. They're aware that they're cynical, and yet they, they like it at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, as you correctly pointed out, 41 percent of, uh, of of people in the that told us that they thought this was politically motivated but it's really it doesn't matter. People still want that rate reduction. And I think although the liberals are probably looking at this number and saying they had hoped for a bigger bump, um, really we're, we're not going to see any real substantial change in, in voter intentions, in, in, in people's uh, opinions of the party leaders until after June. You know, when we start polling in July, after people have seen that rate cut that, that takes effect in June, that's when we would really expect these numbers to change. So it, it's good news that there's more uh, for, for the Liberals. I mean, good news that there are more voters open to uh, uh, the possibility of, of supporting them. It's just we're, we, ex- we would expect to see a greater change by the time people actually are, are, are seeing the, the, the real rate cuts on their bills uh, once it takes effect. Um, there's also interesting measures that have been hinted at of, in the Ontario budget that might point to uh, other strategies the Ontario Liberals uh, might bring in in terms of targeting uh, millennials, uh, voters 18 to 34. Um, we know that they are largely open and progressive, well-educated, um, but some of the budget measures that have been hinted at, like increasing uh, wages for servers and people in the service industry, increasing the minimum wage again. Some of those measures are targeted at that, at those millennials, which we know that by the time the next election comes around, will be, for the first time ever, the largest single voting block uh, taking over slightly from, uh, from uh, baby boomers. The older are- voters, right, the Zoomers. And yet we all know, especially when you look at the demographics among CARP members, uh, the psychographics, in fact, that they are almost uh, assured of going out and voting, whereas the much younger demo that you're talking about, even though it's growing, uh, the millennials are not as likely to vote as the Zoomers. Exactly, and and that is something that that should be a concern for anyone targeting uh, millennials. Is uh, they do tend to they do tend to vote in, in lower numbers and trying to motivate those voters uh, like Justin Trudeau did in, in the last federal election in, in 2015. He got 82% of, that, uh, of those voters and increased the turnout so dramatically that that's what gave him the big majority win. Uh, I think that's what Kathleen Wynne and the Ontario Liberals are going to try to replicate uh, in the next election. Interesting. Main Street Research President and CEO Keto Maggie is on the line with us here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Want to know, I know it's way out. We're talking about June 7th, 2018. That's the next provincial election. Are you a decided or undecided voter, especially in light of the recent announcement by Premier Kathleen Wynne to bring down hydro bills a total of 25%. Is that making a difference for you this far out as to who you're going to vote for come Election Day, June 7th, 2018? 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Keto, I want to play a clip for you. 
Uh, this was PC Energy critic Todd Smith back on March 1st on our program on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. And this was shortly or it was around the time that we were hearing a leak in the press that uh, Kathleen Wood would, would be announcing a big hydro cut. So the question to Todd Smith was, what are the PCs going to do? We haven't come out with our plan in full yet. Patrick Brown, our leader, was very, very uh, sincere when he said we want to go through the process of the policy advisory committee and then having a policy convention so members of the PC party across Ontario can uh, decide which way we're going to go before the next election. So we're committing to that. But at the same time, Patrick and our party have been very clear about the fact that we will stop uh, putting these expensive, particularly renewable contracts in the ground, uh, these hugely subsidized contracts. And uh, there are many of them out there that are already operating and driving up the cost of electricity by double digits for electricity customers across the province. And there are many more that are still in the queue that are being built, that are putting expensive, unreliable electricity on the grid. So, Keto, you say that uh, Ontario voters are split three ways as to uh, the hydro plans from the PCs, the NDP and the Liberals. And yet, as we've just heard from the PCs' own energy critic, they don't have a plan yet. Is that, yeah, I, is that surprising to you that that many voters would be supporting a plan where there is no plan? Yeah, exactly. it is. Uh, it's surprising, but it's also probably good news for Patrick Brown and, and, and the PCs, uh, because if, if fully a quarter of voters think you have the best plan when you have no plan, um, you know, there's probably room for movement when they actually release a plan. Um, you know, th- that should be a concern. But, but maybe when they define that plan, uh, maybe it's a plan that Ontarians don't like, and, and maybe there's some risk in actually doing some of the policy development. We've seen PC uh, uh, policy after policy the last four elections uh, rolled out uh, before an election and, you know, without much uh, thought or consideration. And, and it just, it's a catastrophic effect on their, uh, on their support and on their leadership. So I would, I would say maybe having no plan at this point is, uh, is as good a plan as Patrick Brown and the PCs need. Um, and, uh, and, and let, you know, maybe their process of letting their membership and, and that policy development uh, process unfold uh, is probably the best approach. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, Lucy in Etobicoke, you're first up here on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. Yes, um, I don't think the Liberals should be too happy with these statistics. I'm a person, and I think I'm, I represent everybody. Well, not everybody, but... I'm decided and undecided. I'm decided on who I'm not going to vote for. I'm just undecided as to who I will vote for. I'm not going to be voting for the Liberals. Um, And perhaps the statistics reflects that, that, you know, people are undecided, but undecided as to who to vote for, not necessarily undecided as who to not vote for. Lucy, are you split between voting for the PCs and and the NDP, or yeah. are you leaning towards one or the other? No, I'm split. At this point, I'm just split between the two of them. What do you think about that, Keto? Is that uh, Lucy says she's sort of like the average Ontario voter? Yeah, and 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 that she makes a very good point. Uh, and we see this in many elections. A lot of times. 
Uh, pollsters uh, completely ignore the undecided vote. Uh, and, and, and the natural assumption is that it breaks exactly the same way that decided vote breaks. But we have found that that's not the case. We always ask about undecided. We always uh, uh, ask second, second questions to undecided voters. And we have noted that often even an undecided vote has a tendency, whether it's a leaning or in many cases, as Lucy points out, that you have decided. You've decided who not to vote for, but what you haven't decided is who you're actually going to vote for or if you're going to vote at all. Um, I'm, I'm guessing that Lucy's decided that she will vote. Some people that are in that undecided category in the end decide not to vote. Um, you know, but, that, but that's a great point, and, and you know, I guess we'll... We'll see how that uh, unfolds as the as 2017 uh, progresses and and as some of these measures come in and see how that undecided vote starts breaking uh, before making any you know predictions about what might happen in 2018. So an interesting dynamic played out this morning at Queen's Park. NDP leader Andrea Horvath called for Premier Wynne to table the Liberals' hydro plans in a request that sounded like this. We need a plan. We need something in writing. We need the bill uh, so that we can answer all these questions, not just for us, but for the people of Ontario, for the municipalities of Ontario, for the hospitals that are trying to uh, struggle through the cuts that the Liberals have already uh, created in the hospital system. Uh, you know, this is, uh, this is serious business here, and it's absolutely unacceptable that the Premier of this province and the Liberal Party of Ontario uh, put forward some phantom plan that changes every day when any serious question is asked about it. And, and why can it change every day? Because they haven't tabled anything. They haven't given us any real information. There's no bill. There's no real plan. That was NDP leader Andrea Horvath this morning. Now, Keto, uh, in my assessment, it backfired because almost immediately the Liberals put out a response. They emailed a copy of it to us here at Zoomer Radio News saying, we will introduce legislation this session with time for debate and public hearings at committee ensuring a real relief for Ontarians and a way to ensure greater fairness in our electricity system this summer. Uh, the statement goes on to say the NDP hydro proposal offers nothing practical or substantial when it comes to reduced electricity costs for Ontario families and small businesses. So her request for a tabled bill was answered almost immediately. Uh, politically very savvy and very astute, I would say. Uh, I mean, I guess it could be argued that that it's a win for Andrea Horvath as well. She asked for information and got it right away. She prompted action from the government, which is what opposition leaders are supposed to do. Um, so it could be argued that this is a win for Andrew Horvath as well, but you're right. It's uh, an immediate response from the, from the government saying the legislation will be tabled and, and there will be time for debate and, and, um, and public consultation as well. Uh, a, a good response from the government, uh, from the governing liberals, uh, too early to see how, you know, how that is going to have any effect. Uh, but I would argue that, that it's also a bit of a win for Andrew Horvath. Okay, let's take another call before we take a quick break. This is certainly interesting for Zoomer Radio listeners. The lines are jammed. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. Simone in Toronto, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Hi, thank you. 
um, the hydro reductions actually the the the, um, the cost of of this is going to be just being deferred about twenty five billion I think I heard to the next generation. So uh, you know uh, what are they going to do? And then of course we've got the auto uh, um, insurance uh, reduction which she promised last election by fifteen percent, and then she said, oh that was a stretch goal after they were elected. And of course don't forget the three hundred billion dollar deficit. Something has to be done about that, and they're not talking about that. Okay, Simone, let's get uh, Keto to comment on that. I did have Steve Key in yesterday from the Insurance Board of Canada, who said that hydro rates have come, or insurance rates have come down ten percent, not fifteen percent, but ten percent. Um, so there is that. That is a bit of an improvement. Uh, but but uh, the the discouragement ab- among voters is, is wide and it is varied. Absolutely, she brings that point up. Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a valid point to make. I guess the, the day that this plan uh, was tabled, uh, was announced by, uh, by Kathleen Wynne uh, to, to, to cut hydro rates by 25% by deferring some of the capital costs over a longer period of time, like uh, re-amortizing your, your mortgage over a longer period of time. It's going to bring the, the payments down. Um, and, and what I'd said at the time on the day, I immediately saw people complaining, saying, oh, this is just deferring the cost to, to, to younger people and to other future generations. Kathleen Wynne had to do something. She acted um, and, and, and acted decisively. And, of course, that's going to have impacts. It's, it's either pay now or pay later. Um, this plan now will, will does have its drawbacks as your 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 caller correctly pointed out um and 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 certainly over a longer period of time much more interest is going to be paid on on those capital costs but but people were hurting now and i think kathleen Wynne did the right thing um and and there may be some people who don't like it but to to sort of immediately pounce on on the premier and, and saying oh, hydro rates are too high, and then she says, okay, great, we're going to cut hydro rates, and then say, oh, that's too low, and you're going to push it off into the future. Um, let's, let's give the government some benefit, uh, some credit for, for acting uh, in, in this way, whether it's politically motivated or otherwise. At least people needed the relief, and they needed the relief now, and they're going to get it. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. The provincial liberals are enjoying somewhat of a bump in popularity after releasing their plan to cut hydro costs by 25 percent as of this summer. A new Main Street Post media poll suggests more Ontarians would be undecided if a provincial election were to be called today. Main Street Research President and CEO Keto Maggie is on the line with us. I'm just curious, and I know it's speculative, Keto, but do you think that uh, the approval rating for Kathleen Wynne will rise from its historic low based on her decisive announcement to cut hydro rates? Yeah, that's the real big question, and and the answer is it's really too early to tell. Um, What we know uh, from these numbers is that approval for the plan is quite high, 50%, uh, 24% strongly approve of the plan. Uh, It's a net uh, approval is a plus 12, um, only 38% disapprove. The, the, 
the real when you look at a little closer at the numbers and you realize that the strong people who strongly disapprove uh, outnumber the people who strongly approve of the plan, that's some concern for the liberals. But that points to a possibility for growth for Kathleen Wynne and the Ontario Liberals. I think, although I do think it's too early to tell, um, you know, the, the, these numbers, like I said, will continue to change once people actually start seeing the impact. Hearing and knowing now that two months from now some of these, these rate cuts are coming, it doesn't have any impact, and people won't feel it, they won't see it until they and their friends and family and neighbors uh, start really seeing the, 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 the cost savings. And so we would expect these numbers to change in July. What, what it may actually do is it may just calm some of the anger that is being uh, directed at this government and at Kathleen Wynne specifically, and, and let her have other conversations, talk about new policies, things like raising uh, wages for the service industry and for younger people, that that might start getting through. I had noted for almost a year now, essentially that every announcement this government was making was being drowned out overwhelmingly by hydro rates, hydro mm -hmm. rates, hydro rates. And what this may do is actually not necessarily let her recover on, on the cut to the hydro rates, but at least calm that anger and let this government move forward with other messages and having other conversations. And that may be what it does, um, if nothing else. Okay, let's see if the anger has been calmed. We'll go to Stephen in Toronto. What do you say, Stephen, about this? Well, I look at the three parties, and uh, I look at Mr. Brown, and I say, well, he's, he's thinking smart. He's uh, trying to make the Conservative Party like the old progressive Conservative Party with uh, Andrew Bill Davis. But then you look at... Uh, the rookie that Scott reelected, and uh, you look at Brown's previous uh, statements, and you say, "No, they're the uh, Reform Conservatives, not the Progressive Conservatives." So I don't think people. I think that's why people are scared to vote for them. And you look at the Liberals, and you see all their scandals, and you say, "Geez, I don't want to vote for them." And you say, "Well, you know what? There, there is one Progressive Party. It's the NDP." Okay, under Bob Ray, they were, uh, ran up the deficit, but you know what? Everywhere the deficit was going up in the, at that time, and you look at uh, how the NDP have managed governments in uh, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, you got to say, why not take a chance on the NDP? So it sounds like that's you're leaning towards Andrea Horvath. Yes. All right, and she, Stephen. And she also had a plan. She does have a plan. She absolutely does have a plan. It's all detailed on her website. She made that clear this morning. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Ralph in North York. Hello. Hi, Ralph. Go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Um, I am I am voting uh, conservative because I've been voting for 50 years. And do you always uh, do you always vote the same way? I'm sorry. Do you always vote the same way? I I don't I don't change flags. Okay. Uh, how can uh, this uh, this plan hydro plan can work? Then I borrow now, and my grand grandchildren they have to pay down the line. Is yeah. that is that smart? Well, and that's why I mean, Keto, you're in agreement that that 
people, they either like the fact that Kathleen Wynne has been decisive and she's reducing rates now, or they don't like the fact that the cost is being pushed to another generation. Keto? Yes, correct. And, and um, you know, the, 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 the first commenter there talking about uh, that, that Andrea Horvath uh, the, has his vote, or at least is leaning in that direction. Um, we've been noticing uh, for more than a year now of the three-party leaders, she actually has the highest approval numbers. We haven't really seen it reflecting in voter intentions, although the last couple of months we have seen a bit of a, a, of a surge for the NDP um, in, in Toronto, in the, in the 905, and then, of course, southwestern Ontario, in the north, and, and even in the east. And, and this, I've said a couple of times, that the, I believe this is like a 1990 uh, election, the, what, what, the election that's coming up in, in 2018, that, that there's going to be a fight on the center-right um, b- between the Liberals and, and the PCs, and that the NDP actually has a chance, because Andrew Horvath's approvals are so high, as long as she can come out with, with real action, real plans, um, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if the NDP is quite competitive in the next election. So it makes a very, very good point. Um, last election, 2014, uh, Kathleen Wynne seen very as a very progressive uh, individual within the Liberal Party, outflanked the NDP on the left. She's not going to be able to do that in 2018 with hydro privatization and a number of other things that people don't see as progressive policies. She's going to have to campaign in the middle, and that really limits her voter accessible pool. So uh, I I really see a chance for the NDP to make gains in that election. I think voters are looking for accessibility to their leader as well. I mean, Andrea Horvath was the first of the three parties to come on with us here on Fight Back uh, to speak about her plan before the Liberals announced their plan, before it was leaked in the Toronto Star. And she took calls from listeners. And I think that people like the fact that they can ask direct questions of their leaders. It leads them to think that the leaders aren't hiding. It's very difficult in general to get leadership from a governing party, regardless provincial, or, uh, provincial or federal, to come on and take calls from listeners. It's, it's an unusual situation when that happens. So Andrea Horvath seems to be going down the right path in terms of that tactic. Let's go to Francis in Kitchener. You're on Zoomer Radio. Oh, thank you. Uh- I vote for a liberal for 50 years. I will never vote for them again. They are the most corrupt party I see. And uh, they have five cases uh, investigation going on, and two two liberals were charged. I will never vote for them again. I will vote now for PC. And that's a sentiment we're going to hear a lot of over the next year or so, Keto. Yeah, and I think the, the you know your caller may, raised a good point. There are there are other scandals, there are other controversies out there um, beyond the beyond the hydro. So how effectively Patrick Brown and Andrew Horvath are now going to be able to pivot their messaging, which was all 100% hydro, 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 to those other issues and and turn the anger. That may still be there uh, for the for the liberals and for Kathleen Wynne uh, personally, um, directed into the into those other uh, controversial uh, and controversies and scandals that, that are there. Um, 
but but they have to do it quickly, and, and that's going to be the political challenge. Is Kathleen Wynne going to be able to come out? You know, they have a budget coming up. We know some of the measures that are going to be there. Is that going to dominate the conversation for the next couple of months, or is the NDP and 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 the and the PCs in Ontario going to successfully transition their messaging away from hydro? to the next thing. Right. And will that messaging be a positive message of change for their own party's platform, or will it be negative in bringing the memories back of all of the scandals and and the misspent money? Uh, They have to decide if they want to go down the path of being positive or negative. And clearly, very recently, at the federal level, we saw that message of positivity become a huge winner for our prime minister. Exactly. And I, I do think that that, you know, that that does work. And especially it, it, in, in that in the millennial generation, attitude, positivity, they, they value different things. They have different perception. Most of my staff are, are millennials. I, I learn a lot from them every day um, in just the different ways that they perceive the world. And um, it's really interesting. But I think a lot of it changes the way politicians have to uh, campaign and the way political parties have and governments have to uh, uh, communicate with them. Um, and it's going to continue, you know, being a very interesting transition uh, more to digital messaging and different uh, different strategies um, for these political parties uh, as we move forward to, you know, w- with one millennials become the biggest voting block and. If they start increasing their percentage voter turnout, millennials will really dominate politics for the next 30, 40 years, I would predict. Okay, we will be moving on here in just a moment to our house doctor, Zachary Levine, to talk about kidney stones and take questions on that as well as other medical questions. But we do have a couple of more calls on the provincial political scene before we let Keto Maggie go. Diane and Paul Grave, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Yes, I just wanted to clarify. Um, Our hydro bills are going to be... Uh, 25%, but we already have the 8% provisional rebate on tax. Yes. What is the other 17% coming off? Is it coming off debt retirement, regulatory charges, delivery, or electricity? It's an overall reduction of, of an additional 17%, right, Keto? Yeah, it's actually coming off the, the debt uh, reduction uh, portion of the bill, uh, as I understand it, uh, I'm not an expert on on on, on the specific legislation. We haven't seen the legislation yet, so but at least from what the proposal that's been put out, it's essentially deferring, uh, reamortizing the the debt part of uh, of hydro, and pushing it off over 30 years instead of over 20 years uh, to bring down bills today uh, immediately, and then limiting uh, increases to uh, rate of inflation going forward. So. Um, all told, together, your caller is absolutely correct. Between the 8% reduction in, in the provincial portion of, of PSD on hydro and the 17% on, from the debt reduction component, that's the 25% that will um, th- that is being used as that, uh, that number. Okay, but it let, will only be 17% less. Right. Ed, in Toronto, you're the final call on this topic today. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, well, I don't see how the Liberals could ever get it. Uh, re-elected to start with they uh, sold hydro they had no uh, no mandate for that and uh, obviously that's costing us money down down the line because the hydro was more economical run 
by the people that own it, which would have been the people of Ontario, on top of all their scandals. And uh, if uh, Tito can explain to me how you can increase your interest payments over the long period and come out ahead, um, uh, re-amortizing never makes any sense. Uh, if you were to buy a house with an open mortgage on it with no no penalty to repay and have to pay three times as much, I guarantee you when you come into extra money, if you had no penalty to pay and were to pay down that debt, you would come out miles ahead. And that, and that is one of the, I mean, that is a big issue that voters have uh, with this reamortization of all of these hydro deals. That, and and it's, it's a matter of whether Andrea Horvath and Patrick Brown, as you say, decide to keep that as, as a focus of their argument to not vote liberal and instead vote for them. Yeah, and I think your caller is absolutely correct. And, and we all know that, of course, it's, it will cost more in interest, as I said in the, in the beginning, amortizing it over 30 years in the end. Yes, the, the, the taxpayer is going to end up paying a tremendous amount more. I think the, the sale of Hydro One is a bit of a different issue. It certainly uh, is something that the government has not communicated very well about why they're doing it. They're raising uh, about $9 billion. Four of it is being used to pay off debt in Hydro One. The other five is being used to bring us back to balanced budget here in Ontario for the first time in a long time. Um, a couple of years from now, we know that that's a priority for a lot of people. What you know, why they're doing it, it has not been very well communicated to the general public. That you're absolutely right. Getting back to balanced budget, having uh, a, a, a balanced budget or a surplus, uh, is important for Ontario uh, going forward. Uh, you know how how it's done isn't always the easiest thing. Of course, you're not going to ever make everybody happy, um, but that's these are the, the challenges of governing. Keto Maggie, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Jane. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.